Rebellions are built on hope. Yeah, and it's another Star Wars Saturday, and welcome to another episode of Radio Rebellion, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Alberto Calderon, and I am joined, finally, she's back, but on an actual show, our friend, Hannah Waddell. Hannah, how are you doing today? Alberto, I am doing so good. Uh, we were talking off air how excited I was for this, so it's... I've had a week long of classes. This has been... <laughs> this is going to be the highlight of my week, so... There we go. I, I like hearing I'm that. Excited. It's Saturday, we're chatting that it's a little bit cold out there, we're starting to get a little bit too used to the warmth, and mm. then Mother Nature said, not yet, it's not spring yet. Exactly, not today, <sighs> Satan, not today. Yeah, and even though it is the weekend, unfortunately, it's also daylight savings or whatever tomorrow, so oh, we are bad. missing an hour, but hopefully today, this hour right now, will make up for that hour you're losing Get all your coffee, everything that you can. It doesn't matter. We're here. We're going to talk Star Wars. But first, Hannah, like I said, you were here probably about two months ago or something for our first trivia challenge, the prequel trivia. Had a lot of fun there. You did great. Unfortunately, came out a little bit short. But a lot of fun, and we've always been trying to get you back. Life gets in the way. But I saw with Midnight Horizon, High Republic, I saw that you tweeted something out a while back. I don't remember what it was. or something. I think I found my guest. And uh, then, so you're here. So very excited to talk to you about that. Of course, the Kenobi trailer dropped a few days ago. So more goodness. But how you been doing since last we saw you? I've been doing good. It's like you said, like a lot of life gets in the way. I've got a weird schedule, but oh my gosh, I'm just thrilled. I'm Whatever I tweeted about, I'm sure it was something in all caps, yelling <laughs> randomly, yeah. probably a few cuss words thrown in because that just seems Maybe. to be my MO. But I'm glad, <laughs> I'm so flattered. You're like, that's what I want to talk to you yeah, about this book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's out there cursing. Uh, but no worries. But same as we said last week, before we start, I just want to highlight real quick. The Amidal Initiative is still out there trying to raise funds for the Texas over there with everything that's going on. Uh, but yeah, Equality Texas, our friend ben, ben McDonough has been kind of pushing this up front. There's like 77 other podcasts kind of helping out. So as always, if you can, go to the GoFundMe page. The link is down at the bottom of this, at the episode description. You can donate. Uh, just go and inform yourself to know what's going on. Pass the words, retweet, whatever you can. It's better than nothing. So yeah, we're there. We're still, they're almost halfway to the goal of $25,000. They're only been up for about 10 days, 11 mm -hmm. days, and they already got over $10,000. So very cool for that. All right. And as always, if you're watching this live, thank you. Make sure that you like this video. If you're watching this later on the replay, thank you also. Comment. I want to hear all your... If you're in the chat, let us know your comments on the Kenobi trailer. I'm sure everyone has comments. The design of the characters, people are fl flipping out. And Midnight Horizon, let us know in the chat, in the comments, like the video, subscribe. If you're listening to the audio podcast later on, same thing, follow it, give us a rating if you want. If not, that's fine, just listen to it. And I think that's that's enough. So let me see who's in the chat. Let's say hi to our friend, of course, he's here, Roberto Venegas. How you doing, Roberto? Saying hi to both of us. Roberto, I know, we'll start with Kenobi because Roberto hasn't read Midnight Horizon. He doesn't want to get spoiled 
So we'll do Kenobi first, and then you can come back after you finish Midnight Horizon. We'll just say it's a great book. Oh, it's so a great, good. yeah. It's so good. From Fallen Star to Midnight Horizon, that's what we needed. At least me, that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really badly. <laughs> yes. And our friend, of course, is here, Dale. How you doing, Dale? All right. So if you guys are ready, I'm not ready. Let's talk Star Wars and Star Wars news. Star Wars news. One news to talk about this week, but it's the biggest news. We've been waiting for this for I don't know how long. And it is the Kenobi trailer. Look at that freaking young Luke Skywalker. I tear up every time I see him. We got Inquisitors, new characters. Uncle Owen is there. Uh, there's so much. A new planet, Daiyu or something like that. Mm -hmm. And the Grand Inquisitor, we'll talk about him, but Grand Inquisitor live action. Forget how he looks for a second. <laughs> just flipping just out. <laughs> I know, yes. I'm so excited right now. <laughs> All right, so before we start, Hannah, Kenobi trailer. This has been the talk in Star Wars circles since at least February, which is when the Super Bowl came around. And before then, but Super Bowl weekend was the big one. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, including myself, kind of thought that it was going to be dropping. But as it got closer, Lucasfilm didn't say anything. They usually announce, if it's going to be on the Super Bowl, they usually announce it. And it's going to be one of the first ones. And then it didn't drop. And I've been extremely critical of Lucasfilm marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Whatever they're doing for them, I guess they think it's working because they're not veering from it. I think they should do something different, but at least as of this moment, I don't work with them yet, so I can't change them. But were you a little bit bummed that it, that we've waited this long or were you okay, this is kind of part for the course of what they do? That's, a, that's such a tough question because I think I've been pretty critical as well of mm -hmm. their marketing strategy most recently like with the kenobi trailer and the super bowl but also in recent news when they're talking about oh like now the bad batch isn't anymore like spring 2022 yeah. it's just like coming soon well <laughs> that's really helpful and great like mm. what like i don't need like an exact date but like can you give me something yeah. but yeah no i i think they have a tendency to just kind of do their own thing and i respect that like as a huge cup company like that i can't i can't speak into it mm -hmm. but yeah i i think it 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 both surprises me and doesn't at the same time the way that things are released for lucasfilm mm -hmm. they're just like oh of course they freaking dropped the kenobi trailer at like 10 30 on a wednesday a yeah. random ass nothing wednesday mm -hmm. and you're just like yeah that's that sounds about right but like, at least we had like maybe a couple of hours warning when they when they unlocked their mm -hmm. when they unlocked their Twitter and they're like, "Hello there," and yeah. I'm like, "Okay, we know it's coming." Like, thank you for the at least advance here. Yeah. So and we'll because we'll that get doesn't into normally it. happen. Hi to your dog. He's always here. He was giving me a high five <laughs> during the in that trivia. So I can't promise he won't do it again, but he decided to show up again. Uh, we'll take it. The more people, the better. Just. Give him a YouTube account so he can hit that like button every time he comes in. He doesn't have opposable thumbs though. That'd be like <laughs> I'm just saying. cheating. <laughs> yeah, I was just oh, I'm really this troll is messing with us. Uh, but yeah, the problem I have with the marketing strategy, just a little bit. We won't get too much into it. And I know we're on Twitter most of the time, right? That's how we know everything that's going on. And a lot of people that are on Star Wars Twitter, Twitter said, "Ah, oh, why are you complaining? Because you're gonna watch it anyways, right?" But 
like you just said, that trailer dropped on a random Wednesday. The only way we knew about it was because we were living on Twitter and people mm -hmm. were saying, oh, it's the Disney Investor's Call. Regular fans or regular people don't know anything about Investor's Call, don't know about Kenobi's Twitter account. That, of course, the first tweet was going to be, hello there. If not, listen, they got a problem. But the trailers and all the marketing is for the other guys. Like I say, it's the people outside my my wall here, my wife, my kids, my brothers, which are huge Star Wars fans, but they don't live on Twitter or on social media to know everything that's coming. It's for them to get them excited. Mm -hmm. When the EW cover dropped and then all the images, my wife texted them to me about an hour after they dropped because I don't know where she saw it. But again, that's who marketing should be kind of geared towards. Not for us, because of course we're going to watch it. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to complain because the Inquisitor's head is a little bit round. I'm going to watch it anyway. But it's for the other people to get mm -hmm. them excited because they don't know. Like the Bad Batch you just said, it was supposed to be spring and now it's coming soon in 2027 or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, God, don't say that. No, you won't. <laughs> I know you're a huge fan. You're always, another thing, you're always tweeting, give me Bad Batch. I miss mm -hmm. them so much. I I was so, so with the Bad Batch. So I'm like, eh, okay, give me something else for now. Mm -hmm. But I'll be excited when it came, comes because that was one of the things I watched with my daughter. Mm -hmm. Rebels was the first one, then Bad Batch came along. And when I started saying, okay, whatever, I'm not liking it too much, but I'm spending 30 minutes watching Star Wars with my daughter. Okay, it's mm -hmm. fine. I don't need to analyze every second. Anyway, so let's talk first about, I'm going to say, I forgot, I, just, I got a new tattoo yesterday, a little probe droid, of course, got to be there. Um, so you might see it walking around. It's not that I have a stain on my forearm. <laughs> anyway, I'm talking too much now. So the Kenobi Twitter account tweeted out hello there. We all freaked because mm -hmm. we know it was Wednesday. A lot of us knew, oh, it's the Disney investor call that usually doesn't say a lot. Yeah, usually it's, it's like all numbers and stuff. And yeah. we're like, okay, whatever. And but. it started that way with people calling in, talking nonsense about QAnon. Oh, and I don't know if Roberto was there. He was tweeting, what the hell is with people? I saw someone say, it's the Chinese propaganda. Or something. Okay, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> but then EW dropped the cover, the Inquisitors there, uh, a little note saying, yeah, I forgot the name of the who Moses Ingram is playing, her new character, the third sister. She has a, a name. Mm -hmm. And she's a, she has a quote saying, yeah, me, Vader, and the Grand Inquisitor. And every, oh, crap, the Grand Inquisitor just got confirmed. There's a new planet, Deyu or whatever. There's some Colowen. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, when is it coming? So how excited did you get when you saw those images? <coughs> so I'm not going to lie. I was at work that day. And in the <laughs> so I had class all week from like, eight to five and I wasn't able to check my phone only once at lunch. And that was when I saw like the EW cover, the photos, stuff like that. And mm. I'm like, I know it's coming and I'm gonna miss the drop because I'm in <laughs> class. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I was just sitting with so much anticipation and just kind of waiting for it. And then as soon as class finished up, I pulled up Twitter. First thing I saw was the trailer and I'm like, Oh, nice. It's, it, like, you know, the girl, when she throws like the punch bowl, that gift, that yeah. was kind of, that was me. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> we're here. Well, and something else, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit more. It was like, I wasn't expecting any like John Williams music in this. Oh, like, wow. We heard the creepy, like battle of the heroes. And then it just like rips into duel of the fates. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm so hyped just for the music alone. Yeah. The, oh man. The music <laughs> that's they, I love what we got with the Mandalorian. 
that new oh story with Star Wars. It took me a little bit to get into it, but now it fits in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Boba Fett, same thing. Took a little bit, but there's something different. Star Wars imagery, and you bring John Williams, and then it's Battle of the Heroes, which is my favorite. Duel mm -hmm. the Fates, probably my second or third favorite. That one's my favorite. I love Duel the Fates. It just gets you so hyped. Oh, yeah. But that, oh, okay, so we're getting, so my experience. Mm -hmm. So I had, uh, I saw the cover, I saw the tweets, I saw the images from EW, because all of that, or a lot of it came before nine. I had a working space I had to do from nine to 10, 30 or 11. I'm like, here we go. I'm going to be gone for two hours. I'm going to miss it. So this sucks. But they waited till around 1.30 or 2 in the afternoon, at least my time, when they finally released the trailer. I was watching the Vessel Skull. They were doing something about Marvel, some, some images. And like, mm, maybe, who knows? And then it just dropped. It's all of a sudden, just, wah, here yeah, you go. It's there. And let's just start with the beginning. So it starts with Kenobi just, the war is done, we've, we've lost, which mm -hmm. is just heartbreaking. And mm -hmm. we'll get into who the hell is he talking to? And then stay hidden. And then we see Kid Luke, young Luke, which I've said, I didn't want Luke in this. I don't want him to be there. And as soon as I saw him, eyes rolled out. And like, that's Luke Skywalker. He's piloting a pod racer. And freaking Obi-Wan is looking from the little cliff. And my heart sank. And then you get Dulo the face, just bang. And then we have the Inquisitor and all that. But so Kid Luke, when you saw just the freaking kind of the large homestead, because you kind of focus a little bit on Uncle Owen, there's Beru kind of coming up the mm -hmm. steps, and there's a little kid down there. You're like, oh, who's that? And they just freaking zooms. What were your, your first initial thoughts when you saw him? I was honestly really surprised. I think I had seen something about rumors of a Luke mm -hmm. casting, but again, I put very little stock and I try to stay away from a lot of rumor casting just because mm -hmm. I'm just like, yeah. eh, I just kind of want it to be fun. I was actually really surprised at how pleased I was to see mm -hmm. little Luke. Cause I think, cause we know like Obi-Wan and Luke, like that is a very integral story for Star Wars. Like mm -hmm. that's how we start four or five and six, like you have Obi-Wan and Luke together, whether Obi-Wan's dead or alive in any case, but he's part of Luke's story. And we know why that is thanks to one, two, and three. Mm. So I think it makes sense to have at least a glimpse of him, even if they never interact with each other. I think it's an important reminder for us. And then mm. as and Obi-Wan as a character, because we know he's going to leave Tatooine. He's probably going to go to mm -hmm. that new planet, Dio, whatever Dayo, it's called. Yeah. Dio, yeah. But he's going to leave for whatever reason. And the fact that I have a very strong suspicion mm -hmm. Luke is involved for that reason makes sense to me. Yeah. I, I, I could be totally happy if we see him in one episode and never again. But yeah. I don't know where I'm leaning because, like I said, yeah. first, you know, keep them separated because I guess with A New Hope, we kind of, yeah, they've in interacted in the past. Not mm -hmm. a lot, but they knew. They know who, who they are. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want them to show it, like, so early. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he came on screen, I, it just melted my heart. And just mm -hmm. the way, I, it's a kid playing, but, of course, he's piloting a pod racer. And also, like you said, reminds us of that relationship <clears throat> 
but also kind of tells you what this show is going to be about, at least for the people like we mentioned before, that are not 100% on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's there looking over Luke, as we knew from the end of Revenge of the Sith. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look over the boy or whatever it is. So, yeah, I don't know if they'll interact. They maybe have uh, one or two conversations and then Owen kind of steps in. And, okay, we're done with this. Mm-hmm. But if it's just from afar, that's fine also. Mm-hmm. All right, let me say hi to our friend. She's here, Lauren Romo from the Galactic Podcast. Hi, Lauren, for being here. And you said you have thoughts on that stay hidden line. Let's let's talk about that, just that first sentence, because mm-hmm. he says the war is lost or the, the fighting is done, we've lost, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I my head can not my head can on my theorizing just when is he talking to Ghost Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and telling him we lost the war, we're in high or whatever. Yeah. Do you think that's where that might be going? Hopefully, are we gonna see Ghost Qui-Gon? I may lose my like you might hear my screaming all the way from <laughs> Florida <laughs> if we see Ghost Qui-Gon Jen slash Liam Neeson because yeah. I love that character so much. I've talked about how much I love Master and Apprentice mm-hmm. from Claudia Gray just as a book and just kind of expounding on that relationship. But, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know what I do. Like, I won't be surprised, but I will still scream very loudly. Yeah. But that that was honestly my thought. Like, after I watched it, after I, like, watched it the first time, you have your hype time when you watch it the first time, and then the second time you start analyzing it. Yeah. And you and I'm like, I wonder who he's talking to. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, it's quite legit. <laughs> yeah. So same thing. I watched it the first time. I probably didn't even picked on it. And yeah, he's mm-hmm. talking to the audience or something. Yeah. But then the next time, he's like, oh wait, who's he talking to? And it has to be quite. Mm-hmm. Yoda, Yoda's hiding. He's not. And Yoda know that they know that they lost. Is he talking to Uncle Owen? Maybe. No. Give yeah. me. It has to be quite. Give us quite. But then the stay hidden part comes in, and it's, mm-hmm. it sounds a little bit different. It doesn't sound like part of the same conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's our, uh, the recording that he does at the end of oh, Revenge of the Sith, that he's telling the other Jedi to stay away, and they're mm-hmm. just kind of, because you know we're going to see Order 66 again and see a bunch of people die. Freaking, I'm not ready for it. It's again. an annual tradition at this point. We have to have it. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? Oh, we gotta make them cry. Click okay. order 66. Yeah. But so Lauren, if you what's what's your theory, Lauren? Who is he talking to when he says that stay hidden? Is it another Jedi out there that because yeah. we know the Inquisitors are hunting Jedi? It's what is it, eight years after? Ten eight? years. Ten years, okay. Eight, ten years. That's still fairly yeah. Young-ish for post-Order 66, 66 whoo, slash <laughs> New Empire. So in theory, you could have Jedi wandering around. I mean, Cal Kestis la- yeah. lasted a really long time before the Inquisitors found him. So the ones that adapted and improvised hopefully mm-hmm. survived longer. So I haven't, I, I said, haven't played Jedi Fallen Order. I watched the cinematics, but timelines mm-hmm. kind of get jumbled. When during this time period does Fallen Order, can it be maybe a Cal Kestis kind of can Obi reaches out and somehow gets in touch with him, or there's no way? I don't know about that timeline, to be honest with you. Okay, yeah, it's it's if somebody um, much smarter than me who's figured this out. Please let us know. Yeah, all right. So Lauren is saying her thoughts on Stay Hidden is that he's talking to a Jedi or Padawan on the run. I don't think the Inquisitors are initially initially looking for everyone. Same thing. I don't think they know that Obi-Wan exists or where he is. They're on Tatooine. Maybe they're smart because the big thing is 
why did Obi-Wan stay on Tatooine, the first place that Anakin's going to look? Maybe they do send the Inquisitors over there, but I don't think that they're chasing Obi-Wan. They might be chasing for someone else. Like you said, Cal Kestis is around. Inquisitors are still around, around by the time of Rebels, which is still years from this. So there, we might see all the Jedi that just get introduced and then probably killed. But anyway, Inquisitors, we saw four, not one. I was thinking, okay, we'll get one Inquisitor. This new one, Raya, I think it's her name, Moses Ingram mm -hmm. that she's playing, mm -hmm. who looks great. I love the Inquisitor oh, armor and the way it translated to live action is great. Her whole look is great. A freaking sharp. red lightsaber. Yeah. So first thoughts when you saw her and then we got the sixth brother, uh, the other Inquisitor, the other female one. Mm -hmm. And of course, the big guy, the Grand Inquisitor is there on two scenes, not just one. They show him twice. They're not hiding. I complain, why are you hiding stuff? Just tell us who's there. They gave us everyone. Except Vader. We're here. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Inquisitors and how, how menacing are they going to be? I think they're going to be a huge threat. I like that we're seeing um, Moses Ingram's character mm -hmm. probably the most. I think she... I think she's going to be probably the most interesting. I was also excited to kind of see a little bit of Imperial soldiers with Indra Varma and her character. In, mm. Or is it Indira? Sorry. Did I yeah. mispronounce that? Ooh, my bad. Mm -hmm. But we saw a little bit of her too. And I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if like, they're going to be like working together. Cause I'm sure like the inquisitors and the Imperials don't really get along all that well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I was so excited to see all the inquisitors. I'm like, you're a sister, you're a brother. I don't know which number you are. I'm just really excited to see you. <laughs> just yeah. because we know, like we've gotten bits and pieces from comics and uh, again, Jedi Fallen Order from them and Rebels, but there's still so much that we don't really know about them. Like, how did you, is there, does Darth Vader have tryouts for Inquisitors? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's probably not a great tryout, but like, <laughs> is there a tryout? Like, do you volunteer for this? Like, what? motivate someone to become an inquisitor and i think there was something in that ew article that i think uh moses was talking about her character and it was like she is all heart and i'm like mm. is there somebody she's protecting is there somebody or someone that she's been looking for like maybe a former jedi friend or something i'm just like but what like what would motivate you to hunt other jedi yeah like for whatever reason because yeah. they all used to be jedi at some mm -hmm. point Inquisitor is one of those new additions to Star Wars that just everyone loves. I think the first time we saw them were in Rebels. And again, mm -hmm. these fallen Jedi that are not Sith, they're kind of in between, probably trying to get to the Sith level. But then we got them a lot in the Charles Soul Darth Vader comic. We mm -hmm. get a lot of them when it starts. And yeah, Vader is not too, too in love with the Inquisitor program anyway. He kills a few of them, chops limbs. So that's also going to be interesting. And he has a couple of run-ins with the Grand Inquisitor. And then, of course, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. But seeing Moses Ingram character, just again, front and center. And I think from everything I read, she's going to be like kind of the main bad guy of the show. Of course, it can be Vader as the main one. He'll be there. Mm -hmm. But having this Jedi, I mean, this Inquisitor just chasing down Jedi or whoever, whoever stands in her way, she's about to chop Owen also. But then we got the sixth brother, which we know from Rebels, which was great seeing that guy there. Oh, yeah. And then that new one, and of course the Grand Inquisitor. And like Lauren is saying, just spin those blades, baby. I love oh, seeing yeah. that spinning lightsaber. <laughs> which if, so I had, if I had never seen that before, I'd be freaking out. I don't know who it was that posted on Twitter, 
for people that haven't seen Rebels, that scene had to be like us seeing the double-bladed lightsaber the oh first time, just flipping out. And it looked great. Do you think they're going to go helicopter style and fly out, <laughs> hopefully? I will laugh if it happens, <laughs> just because I want to know. I want to watch this happen in live action, because in animation, you can kind of suspend yeah. your disbelief a little bit, going, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, this is animation. You can do this. This is mm -hmm. weird, but okay. If they fly <laughs> with their helicopter lightsabers, I will. I know I will be getting a lot of phone calls from my parents yeah. <laughs> when they watch this show. Yeah, because they're both again very casual Star Wars fans. So, like, I think I tweeted about this at one point. My dad watched the book of Boba Fett mm -hmm. and then watched the Mandalorian. Oh, nice! <laughs> so the amount of questions I've been having to answer, and then they've never seen Rebels or anything like that, mm -hmm. or played Jedi Fall in Order. So they're like, "Who the heck are these people?" And I'm like. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Take a seat. I and they fly. <laughs> they fly now. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's where <laughs> Finn got it. So I don't think, hopefully we see something. Flying away is weird. Animation, it works. But if they're jumping down a cliff and they use it to kind of hold them in place a little bit, it kind of be a little bit better to see. Just give them flying. It doesn't matter. Uh, before we keep going, let's say so Roberto is saying that he cannot not see Qui-Gon appearing, appearing on the show. Maybe a flashback would be nice. And Lauren is adding that timeline-wise for Fallen Order is about six or seven years post-Order 66, so before the show. So they might it might be possible that Cal Kestis is around. Who knows if we'll see him. Um, so let's jump real quick to the Inquisitor, to the Grand Inquisitor. I'll say it. I saw him, and I'm like, oh, he's weird. Mm -hmm. I know who he is because mm -hmm. he's that, what is it, Powans or something. Mm -hmm. He's all white, has the little red markings. So I know who he is. Looks a little bit weird. Were you kind of shocked with the look of the Grand Inquisitor? And at the end, does it really even matter? Again, it, it runs against that argument people make of like trying to translate something from animation to live action and live mm -hmm. action to animation. It's incredibly difficult i know we've yeah. talked about like special effects makeups like i remember when we were watching the mandalorian mm -hmm. everybody's thing including myself talking about ahsoka's leku and stuff like that um i struggle with it because at the same time it's like i've watched the animation so i have in my mind mm -hmm. an already preset idea of what this character should look like and then to see it translate into live action it's very jarring but for somebody, again, like my parents who have never yeah. watched Rebels or something, they're just like, who the hell is that? Like, that's just scary <laughs> yeah. as hell. And you're just like, uh, okay, like for the for the casual general audience, I don't think it's going to matter. But again, for people like us who have watched these shows, who mm -hmm. are online and have, and are, for better or for worse, in the midst of these discussions, I think it's a little bit more nuanced and yeah. not as straightforward of an answer. I would have liked to have seen something a little bit closer to what they had in Rebels, but yeah, I, I'm not in charge. Like you said, I'm not in charge of anything at Lucasfilm, yeah. so I can't control we'll anything. It. Yeah, I've been but, like this. I, yeah. So when I saw it, I'm like, oh, that's, I know it who is, it is, but it doesn't look like, like Oh, that's a human head that somebody painted. Yeah. So, <laughs> so weird. The only reason, because when Cat Bane showed up in Boba Fett, we had a lot of people had the com this conversation, and I didn't care at that point mm -hmm. because the only yeah. time we've seen Duros in live action in the background of A New Hope, sitting in the cantina, he's mm -hmm. just sitting there. So that's different from a full-on character that has to have all the mouth working and the eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. So I was fine with Cat Bane because mm -hmm. he looked freaking great. Oh, yeah. The reason this, I don't 
have the same argument to say, oh, animation and live action look different. It's because we saw this this character or this species in Revenge of the Sith, when they mm -hmm. are, I always forget the name of the planet, mm -hmm. with the Pawan over there. So it's like, oh, we've seen this before. Why is it different now? And again, that's a character that was there for 35 seconds. They're on the 10th level, thousands of battle droids. And that's it. So maybe it doesn't translate again to a full-on character just flipping a lightsaber, whatever. Mm -hmm. If they had made the lines in the face a little bit darker, and of course the yellow eyes that we love of the Grand Inquisitor, then I'll be fine with it. Mm -hmm. But the more I've seen the trailer, I'm getting used to it. So I'm like, eh, it doesn't matter anymore. So I yeah. think once we start seeing the show, if it's he's there in two or three episodes, we'll get over it pretty quickly. I love the voice, looks to be very menacing. And that's mm -hmm. what matters. Okay, it doesn't look like he has a two-foot head, melon head or whatever, <laughs> but the character works, right? That's what mm -hmm. we want. If the character works and Rupert Finn is a great actor, mm -hmm. let's go. I know yeah. people are a little bit upset because I almost said Oscar Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, also but, upset Oscar Isaac yeah. isn't in this, but that's for a different reason. That's for, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure there's reasons he's not playing it. Yeah, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, yeah Jason Isaacs. I was one. I was gonna ask you about that. Like, did you were you like disappointed not to when they heard that like it wasn't Jason Isaac stuff like that? Because I, I mean, he he plays a good villain in live action. He plays a good villain in Rebels and in voiceover work. So, so I wasn't too disappointed yeah. because. But it, yeah, the reason is we love, of course, we have those voice actors play the characters in mm -hmm. live action, and he's a great actor, mm -hmm. but. I think what people forget sometimes to take into consideration is age from rebels to now. It's been like 10 years, almost mm -hmm. not 10, but like six to eight mm -hmm. people age. I don't know how old he is now, maybe since he's sixties or something, maybe he's mm -hmm. not up to doing all that stuff that's required for it. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I don't know how much he looks like the grand inquisitor. Even we might even have the same conversation. It looks kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe he didn't want to do it. Exactly. We don't know. So I don't, Yes, but yeah, but yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't like overly disappointed because I think the actor who was going to play him, I think he did a great job. Like his voice, again, like you said, voice is super mm -hmm. menacing. I think he can slip very easily into that role, and I think it'll be, again, like you said, we're going to probably watch a couple episodes with a minute and be like, it's it's going to be fine. Yeah. Because I was again, I watched the trailer a couple times, and I was just like, okay, I can get behind this. Mm -hmm. I can get behind this Grand Inquisitor. We can yeah. do this. So. Yeah, Roberto's kind of echoing what we're saying. It was a good idea that they show him early so we get used to the way mm -hmm. it looks. And by the time we get the episode in two months, I mean, the series, we'll get you, we'll be okay mm -hmm. with it. Our friend Nor Hall is here, ready to derail us probably in a few minutes. Oh, yes, sure. Lauren, Madripoor in Star Wars. So this is something Lauren and I talked a little bit on Twitter. That new planet, Deyu, whatever its name mm -hmm. looks like, Madripoor from Falcon and Winter Soldier. We just need Kenobi dancing in the clubs over there. Tum, 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 Get tum, a little tum. Zemo action. Just... Yeah. Oh, I mean, it'll, oh be my a, God. it'll be a mess. <laughs> Jedi dancing. Oh, my God. I, what, I bet you they don't even have dance lessons in the Jedi Temple. He'd be like, what the hell am I doing? Would that be cool? It's like, how do you do fellow kids? Yeah. <laughs> that would be that whole thing. Yeah. They, they disbanded the dancing class after the High Republic. I'm sure the... Probably once over there had some some. They fun, had some but... square dancing lessons, kind of like yeah. we did in gym in junior high. Yeah. Oh man, don't don't bring those. <laughs> don't please. My daughter is going to middle school dances, and I'm like, oh my god. No, oh. No. 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 Oh. Arms like, like 
arms like yeah no who who do i need to go intimidate i'm just like dad don't you dare come here don't you embarrass yeah. me dad <laughs> oh she knows it's coming at some point but oh, yeah. it was during work so i couldn't get there and so lauren is adding that she doesn't get the grand inquisitor discourse which is fine she must know how and again some people go far off someone's already put in a petition sign here to oh, change I was, this i was wondering how long that was going to take <laughs> yeah and of course um lauren is also adding that the voice is good and also confirmed that fallen order is five years before they can always hear it so who knows we'll see all right let's see some more takes on the character the mm -hmm. actor playing norhalisa is adding i would have loved jason isaac too but definitely interested to see rupert take on the character and Roberto saying that he wasn't, he's not super attached to voice actors. And the majority of the time he prefers new casting. Again, let other people give a voice mm -hmm. to the characters. And yes, that petition was crazy. No, you are right. But are we surprised again? We're not. We're there not seems surprised. to just be a new one every time. <laughs> yeah, we just got to ignore them. But so excited to freaking see Inquisitors in live action. Oh Grand Inquisitor looks menacing. The shot that he's on, he's on two shots, which is the same. Just a over-the-shoulder shot of someone looking at him, and he's like, where is he? And a lot of people think that's Temura Morrison. Oh, my God. Do you think people say, is that Rex? Is it Cody? Oh, my God. He has something back here if you, what people do, analyze and dim the lights or put extra lighting, and the, it's a clone with its chip removed. Are we seeing Temura Morrison maybe as Cody or one of those clones that we already we already know? If you and can't tell from no my Holly. shirt, I love clones. Yes, there you go. If I even see a clone, <laughs> it's back again, there. you will hear my scream from Florida. <laughs> I, oh God, what was it? Did you happen to see that photo leak with Indira and somebody who had like like a full on like body suit oh, wrapped up yes, in a parka. Yes. And people are like, oh my God, that's Tim. And I, again, I'm like, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I really want it to be him. I, yeah. oh my God. Like if we see like, cause I have, this is just my personal headcanon. I have a headcanon that like the earliest purge troopers were former clone troopers. Mm -hmm. So like if we see Cody like as a purge trooper hunting Kenobi, or if he escapes for some reason and is trying to find Obi-Wan, oh my God, like I don't even know. The possibilities are endless. We're gonna see Order 66, we're gonna see clone armor again. I don't know if I can take more emotional damage about this, <laughs> about my boys, but I would yeah. be so excited to see Tem again in another project just because I think he deserves to shine in everything. Mm -hmm. Like I absolutely love him as an actor and just as a person. So this has been a long time coming for both you and Hayden and even Tem, because we yeah. forget Tem's been there since Attack of the Clones as well. Like he has been there just as long as like Hayden mm -hmm. has, just yeah. voicing these and bringing these characters to life. So it's one of those things where it's like, why wouldn't you include it? We're 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 doing this really. This show is, I think, going to do this great thing where it's mixing your prequels and kind of your in between mm -hmm. prequel and OT but also mixing animation as well. So why wouldn't you have, you have all of this stuff to play with in the sandbox. So why wouldn't you bring them in there? Yeah. That's just my thing. Like, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. I'll get on it in a minute. So Roberto, thanks for being here. He has to head out. Like you said, he'll come back in a few weeks after he finishes the book. We'll hear Bye, buddy. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so people know that I hate Cody. 
If you watch my my episode last week, I ranted how much I hate code. It's a joke. It's one of my first episodes here, probably like my six or seven. I made that list of my the best and worst clone troopers. And Cody was the worst because he couldn't kill Obi-Wan. He had one job and he couldn't finish it. Of course, I'm glad that he didn't. But do just stay. Make sure the job is done. Don't give it to some new clone and just go back to Coruscant. So I just every time Cody's name comes, and again in Bad Batch, in the in season seven, he's there in the first episode, gets knocked down, and we don't see him again. Mm-hmm. Like really, you're the commander. You're one of the heads here. And anyway, Cody, you suck. So, so I said, don't give me Cody. If you bring him, kill him. Have Darth Vader kill him or something. Oh my God. But. I had heard some, not rumors, but what people wanted. Maybe Cody is the, the villain of the show. He's hunting down Kenobi mm. just to kind of redeem himself. Okay, that makes sense. But we'll see what happens. If it's Cody, see, Lauren said they redeemed Cody. I don't want Cody. Sign that petition. <laughs> I'll sign that petition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Cody mean. That's me. You have one job, Cody. All right. Yeah, that. You say that celebration something, and they say, Cody, it's your folder. Yeah, whatever it is. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. But, and I'm joking, if I see Cody, again, it's Tamora Morrison in uh, orange clone trooper armor. I'll freak. I have, I know, he's hiding back there. So I'll, be, I'll freak. So hopefully he's there. He wants to be there. He wants to do all of it. We saw him training or doing some weightlifting the other day that he put on his Instagram. So I'm thinking he'll be back. At least as a clone trooper, maybe not Cody or Rex, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It'll be great to see Kenobi reunited with Cody. I'll give yeah. them that. It'll be even with Rex if he shows up or in in, in flashback or whatever. You know what I just thought of? What? What if he's telling Cody to stay hidden? Oh no! Ah! Oh man, that'll be something. Oh my All god, right. that'd be so oh. good. Like you the Inquisitors mind. are hunting them, and he's like, just hide. Just fucking freaking hide. All right. I'll, I'll take it back. If Kenobi <laughs> is able to forgive Cody and just, just stay hidden, don't confine me, stay hidden, I'll I'll switch my my tune. There'll be something. Hannah just broke it. All right. Yes! Bringing another to the cause. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Cody. Anyway, so let's try to get back to the trailer. Um so we see Kenobi in a few scenes. He's kind of in this speed or something, just going down the sands of Tatooine. That we see him on Daimyo, this new planet with the other Inquisitor. And he's kind of just looking across like, the crowd. There's a gunfight on top of a roof, a blaster fight, I should say. We think it's him kind of hiding behind this column, shooting back. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen that forces Kenobi to reveal reveal himself as a Jedi. Do you think he's going to reveal himself to a Jedi, to the Inquisitors? Because we all think he's going to face Vader at some point. So mm-hmm. are they getting too close to Luke? Because we see the third sister confront um, Owen, and that's kind of brings him out. Or I don't know. I don't know what's going what's gonna to push him to reveal himself as a Jedi. Yeah, well, because we even see in the trailer, like, the Inquisitors killed somebody. We don't yeah, know exactly. who. Yes. I'm like, whoa, we got real dark here real fast. Yeah. Like, that was my <laughs> first thought. But we see that, and we can't, we see the Owens in the crowd, and he just kind of looks really mm-hmm. conflicted and whatever whatever's being said. And then we see the, the Inquisitor and Owen get face-to-face. And I, I think that's what's going to kind of push Obi-Wan to... <sighs> reveal himself in some way, whether he pulls a lightsaber, whether he says who he is, regardless of what it is. I think the fact that Owen puts 
the his the Lars family on the Inquisitor's radar. Oh yeah, I think is just like a huge oh oh no 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 no, no for Obi Wan. <laughs> so yeah. that's at you, least my theory. Yeah, you imagine if he reveals like Kanan does in Rebel. Oh, he's like, oh, I'm just gonna let out a secret or something to everyone. Just stands there and just freaking puts everything together. Oh man. It's gonna be something when he mm -hmm. ignites the, his lightsaber for the first time. Something bad has to be about right. to happen. I can't wait to see what it is. Ah, mm -hmm. so yeah, Kenobi trailer is finally here, May twenty fifth, not two months away. Oh man, six episodes, six yeah, six. Mm -hmm. There was talks on that EW interview or article that Catherine Kennedy said they. Talked about a second season as a possibility. Mm -hmm. I kind of want this as a one-off. They said it is a limited series, but they always talk. I don't know if maybe we get introduced to a character and then it kind of branches off to their own mm -hmm. spin-off show. Mm -hmm. I kind of want this Kenobi to be a one-off. Mm -hmm. Hopefully every episode is close to an hour. We get six hours of Kenobi. That's a trilogy, oh, basically three three-hour movies. Oh, yeah. Excited doesn't even measure up. Not even Anything, close. Yeah. Anything else from the trailer that we should kind of hint at? Uh, no, I'm just excited. I, I've i talked about this before, but Deborah Chowder has directed mm -hmm. all of my favorite yeah. Mandalorian episodes. I have full confidence in her abilities to handle this. Is she, and correct me if I ha don't have the right information, is she directing all of them or are we doing the Mandalorian and bringing in guest directors? No, she's doing all of it. So perfect. I'm even then, more pumped now because I couldn't yes. remember. So I'm pretty sure that's why she didn't direct any of the Boa Fett or mm -hmm. anything else. I only did two of book of Mandalorian just because mm -hmm. she's directing all of it. Mm -hmm. And only one writer. I know they changed the writer that they had kind of halfway and seen that um article mm -hmm. also. They it didn't match with what they wanted to do. So they brought in mm -hmm. someone new. I forgot the name. But it's one writer and one director doing the whole series, which mm -hmm. I think for a limited series makes sense. Yeah, I think that bodes, that bodes well for consistency, at least yeah. in terms of characterization and kind of where, like directing, for lack mm -hmm. of a better word, where the story is going to yeah. go. Because so many of us now, like, again, I remember watching Attack of the Clones until the DVD almost melted. <laughs> I remember when Revenge of the Sith came out, like that was the coolest thing ever. Like mm -hmm. a lot of us were very young when all of this happened, like all these characters we were introduced to and now we've kind of grown up and so have they to a certain degree. And now it's kind of like, you, you just want it done right. Mm -hmm. And I know everybody's interpretation of right is going to look wildly different, but overall, as a fandom, everyone seems very excited and very pleased about yeah. what we've seen so far. And knowing trailers for Star Wars, we've probably only seen like part of the first episode, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Every week there'll be discourse, and we'll say just shut your mouth, or you're right. And probably just just keep it to yourself. Yep. But high hopes for Kenobi. The team behind it seems to be locked on. If you're bringing you one back, Magret, I mean, also Hayden Christensen takes a lot to bring him back to play this oh, character. Bringing um, Owen and Beru, I can't believe I just blanked on names. And yeah, it's whatever, it's happens on my show. I'm pretty sure we'll get a quick cameo of Organa. We'll get Bail Organa at oh, some point, yes, I think. Jimmy Schmidt. 
Yeah, Jimmy Bring Smith, Jimmy Jimmy. Um, <laughs> Palpatine, we talked last week with our friend oh. Otti, rumors mm -hmm. of if Palpatine might be there. I want Palpatine, like I said, just in the Senate. Give me Palpatine mm -hmm. and, or, and Bale in the Senate arguing about what's going on with the, this new empire. That's what I want to see, just that machination mm -hmm. of him behind the scenes. <sighs> anyway, and then we got one last image. It was of Darth Vader. We saw, and we know it's... Uh, Hayden Christensen under the suit, an image of Darth Vader, which I first thought it was from Rogue One. I had to read to make sure it was from <laughs> the Kenobi show. Well, he's there. I can't wait. Two months, we'll be there soon enough. Mm -hmm. We will. Yeah. It, it, it can't come soon enough, and it's going to be here before we know it. Yeah. So one final thought from Lauren. She says, what if Obi sees Anakin like Ahsoka did in Rebels in a force vision of some kind, and that's how they see <sighs> Hayden's face? Oh man. If we get a Clone Wars flashback, like again, scream from space. Like so long, long time a galaxy far, far away. On my second season, I had our friend um talking with my hands um here. We he did a whole episode on Kenobi, the tragedy of Kenobi, and he was a little bit iffy on the show. He didn't want it. And we mm -hmm. talked about that unfinished scene in Clone Wars, this campfire scene of Anakin and Obi-Wan talking about Ahsoka leaving and how Anakin thinks he failed her and all this. Mm -hmm. And Kenobi's like, it's not your fault. Don't worry about it. Oh, well, how would you feel if I kind of let you down or if I left? And Kenobi's like, oh, that will never happen. Mm -hmm. And I said, <clears throat> give me that as the introduction to the show. If you do that, hearts break every for everyone. And if you do a flashback and we have Ahsoka there also, I don't know. It's gonna, like you said, we're all gonna be screaming. It's like a thousand screams, but instead of kind of everything going in silence, like Arduran, no, we're all just gonna explode in happiness. You just, ah, I can't be. <laughs> all right, so we've been going almost like 45 minutes and we haven't touched up on our main topic, but we'll get to it. So that's Kenobi. Like I said, guys, if you're listening to this later on, I'd also let us know in the comments or shoot us something on, on Twitter and let us know how you feel about the Kenobi trailer and your expectations for it. Do you think we're getting a second trailer? We're getting a second trailer at some point. I think we'll get one of those like 30 second teasers with May the, some of the. Mm, yeah. yeah I like your thinking. Big brain thoughts right here. It's I'm just like, it's going to happen. I don't have a plan for when. <laughs> Again, it will be some random Monday. Because that's oh, yeah. the thing. Book of Boa for just on Mondays. We're releasing clips and trends. Like, Dude, what the hell is going Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So for our second topic, our main topic is the High Republic. Finally back to High Republic. Love this book so much. Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Alder. So Hannah. And again, this is going to be big spoilers. Before we get into it, I haven't heard, at least here officially, your thoughts so far on the High Republic. We're done yeah. with phase one. So in general, your thoughts on this first phase of the High Republic. Yeah, no, <clears throat> excuse me. I have absolutely loved the High Republic. Somebody mentioned at the end of last year, it's like, oh, we've only had the High Republic like for a year, like maybe mm -hmm. 10 months of that. And I'm like, it feels like forever. We've yes, gotten so much. And it's all such good content. Like you have the comics, you've got the books, you've got, we had the uh, audio drama with Lauren Eddy mm -hmm. with the Tempest yeah. Runner. Like we have just had so much coming from the High Republic that A, it feels really overwhelming, but B, <laughs> it also feels accessible no matter what bit you kind of come yeah. into. And I think Midnight Horizon was 
kind of a good example of that. Um, yeah. And I have loved all of Daniel, Daniel Jose Older's uh, books that he's done so far for the High Republic. And the fact that he brought in Ram and Wraith, who are two of my favorite yeah. Jedi from this so far, I'm just like, yes, I will read it all day long. Yeah, so everyone knows my thoughts on the High Republic. I think right <laughs> now it's my favorite era in Star Wars, oh, maybe so because wonderful. that's everything out there is just High Republic. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite Jedi and they are in the High Republics. The way they speak about the Force and the Order is my favorite in Star Wars. So right now, the High Republic is my favorite thing out there. But like you said, it's so accessible. It's both. It can be accessible if you only want to do the adult books because mm -hmm. you can follow the main story. If you want to only do the comics because that's what you prefer. There's a lot of important things happening in the comic side. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do everything like a lot of us, then go on. But there's also that burnout that some people can, okay, I need a little break. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing the comics, just a few special ones. Yeah, but I'm doing either. most of the books. Mm -hmm. And they've been great. And oh then God. Midnight Horizon, like I've said like 20 times already, was the perfect kind of palate cleanser or follow-up for Fallen Star. Fallen Star oh was God. so heavy. It was emotionally uh, exhausting. Yes, by the end, you're just, what are we, where are we going from here? Mm -hmm. And then you get Midnight Horizon, which is this book that runs the gamut of Star Wars. I've said it's not my favorite High Republic book. It's not my favorite Star Wars book, but I think it's the perfect Star Wars book mm -hmm. because it covers either action, there's laugh. I think it's the funniest book, at least in the High Republic. <laughs> so there's uh, Jedi Knights and Jedi Masters kind of having this conflict of where they feel they fit inside the Jedi Order. Mm -hmm. We have Padawans and this coming of age story with Ram and Reeve, just kind of numb. At least Ram is numb. He doesn't feel anything because he's just been fighting and what's mm -hmm. going on. And Reith is on the other side. Kind of, I don't have time to feel anything because mm -hmm. I'm always going, going, going. I'm supposed mm -hmm. to be focused on what's my path. Mm -hmm. He tells, how can I be a knight at the end where I don't have a path? Mm -hmm. And Yoda says, how can you be lost when there's no path? It's like freaking Yoda. You're the best. <laughs> we'll talk about him. And then, like we said, there's comic relief, there's lightsaber action, there's a big battle at the end. So if you like Star Wars, a specific thing in Star Wars, you'll find it in oh, this book. It's so chocolate. But it's, again, it's in a way that you're not completely overwhelmed by one thing or another. Like one thing can be going, like the serious conversation can be happening, but then something else happens. Maybe they're a lightsaber fight or a funny quip or something. You're like, okay, like, like here it is. Yeah. So. But so yes, real no. quick, you know, before we go a little bit into details, your overall kind of thoughts on Midnight Horizon, what were some of the points that you really enjoyed? Anything that didn't kind of click with you? Mm -hmm. No, I think for me, I think it was the best way possible to end phase one. I think mm -hmm. that was the best way, the best book. Like you said, it's a palate cleanser. Because if we had just ended on Fallen Star, it would have been like, well, hell, this is depressing <laughs> like this is just awful but you needed that little bit of like levity mixed with like a mystery and intrigue it was almost yeah. it almost read a little bit like a detective book like yeah. with like kind of the alternate things that were going on mm -hmm. and the inter uh, intertwined storylines but i think overall i i really enjoyed this book again i'm really biased i love wreath as a character mm -hmm. he reminds me i just he reminds me of me when i was like in junior high and high school. And I actually talked to uh, Arzu over at the Geeky Waffle about like why I love Wreath and um, 
reef so much. So you can go listen to that later after this, after I'm done yeah. ranting. But I was also really surprised about how much I liked Ram because I read uh, Race to Crash Point Tower. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is just going to be a little kid's book, like whatever. Like it'll be, it'll be a good like add on to, yeah. um, oh, which one is it? Sorry, Rising Storm. Rising Again, Storm. there's so many books. I've got to look at my bookshelf <laughs> and be like, okay, yeah. which one does this fall into? But I was so surprised at how much I fell, like how quickly I fell in love with Ram. Like the book's less than like two, three hundred, like two hundred pages long, and I'm like, I love this character. <laughs> He's so sweet. And then to see him in this book, just kind of like, like you said, you really struggle with for what I would say. And again, I'm no expert with basically PTSD with everything mm -hmm. that's happened. And because he's he's young, like he's barely what 12, 13 years yeah. old. He's very mm -hmm. young. Yeah, because so, I think Reef is like 17 mm -hmm. around that yeah. point. And he says he's a couple of years older. So I would say between 13 to 15, probably. And yeah, and you're just seeing them both try to process these very adult emotions yeah. and events that are happening around them. And again, they both deal with it very differently. Like Reef buries himself in work, Ram shuts shuts down essentially. Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of a, like, how do you find that? Again, it's going to sound corny, balance between those two middles. Yeah, Extremes, it's not actually. corny because I know you haven't read it in a while, but that's what Reef tells him. Mm -hmm. Balance. You got to mm -hmm. balance all your emotion because Ram went from zero to 100. Again, sorry, I know that's an expression out there. But he goes from zero to 100 in terms of his emotion that Reef has to come in and say, just think about your little card with all your tools. Mm -hmm. And each tool works for something. So each tool is an emotion. You pick one up, you put one down. So that's mm -hmm. how you have to deal with balance. Mm -hmm. But yes, it is kind of PTSD. And let's talk a little bit about this relationship between Ram and Reed. Mm -hmm. I love Reed from Into the Dark, which is my favorite book of all times. And Reed was a great character. And pairing, pairing him with Comac, which is in my top two or three Jedi. Mm -hmm. I love that. And then you bring Ram, which I also love from Race to Crashman Towers. And they have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. And again, kudos to Daniel Hosso all there for what he did. He created Ram, but then grabbing all these other characters from all these other creators and kind of keep pushing them. Mm -hmm. So we have this kind of coming of age story with these two kids, which I love the relationship. Oh, yeah. And also gives us another point of view. We don't always have to follow the Jedi Masters and all their big issues with the Order, like Comac is having, Cantam Sai that mm -hmm. went on a Wayseeker mission, which I love freaking Orla Jorani and being a Wayseeker and what Cantam, we saw what that looks like, mm -hmm. his relationship with Atar will jump into how all the diversity and inclusion in this book, how great that work and how important it is, especially now. Mm -hmm. But Ram and Reith, that relationship, they're just kids. Mm -hmm. We all were kids, like you said. Reith reminded you of being younger. It reminds me sometimes of my kids, which are still a little bit younger. It reminds me of me and my brothers kind of growing up. Mm -hmm. And give us that other perspective. Yeah, they're still going through this, but they're still kids having fun. Poor Reith falls in love with everyone that he sees. Oh, he's flat for five minutes. Am I flirting? What's going on, <laughs> dude? Take a, take a break. I know hormones. He's so cute. They're like Jedi hormones. They, they just cannot be contained. And I love that for him. It's yeah. so cute and awkward. I love Reef. I love Crash, which is the oh, main of those new Crash. characters. She's a great character that they introduce. And most of the books are halfway from her point of view, everything that she's going through. Mm -hmm. And another thing for this, like you say, is this mystery going on. But there's also a great twist at the end when Troll met this father of finance or whatever, we think they got killed in the first three pages. No, he's actually working with the Nile. Peace, guys. Ha-ha. 
<laughs> so that was a great reveal. Oh my but, God, it was. Yeah. So, so this book also, I know you say you haven't read the comics, same for myself. I haven't read mm -hmm. all the comics, especially the High Republic Adventures. Mm -hmm. I think it's where Ram and a lot of these Lula scene can mm -hmm. mm -hmm. cannot come from that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel lost. If no. you read the comics, 100% it's going to be a better experience. But I didn't feel lost because Daniel does a great thing to kind of give a quick summary of what's been going on with Cricks, mm -hmm. trying to find this, find this guy. So I love that. I think there's, and that was actually in my notes. Like, I mm -hmm. think what this book did really, really well that, again, the other books have kind of done to a, a little bit of a quote unquote lesser extent, but mm -hmm. this book really did integrate all the different mediums that we've kind of been yeah. seeing throughout phase one. And again, the whole thing with like Crix and Lula and Zine, I, I knew of them just because like, again, yeah. I'm in the Twitterverse. Like I just, mm -hmm. I see like little panels that people will put up and I've talked to people about it, but the overall story I'm not like fully aware of or immersed in, but again, I didn't feel lost. Like if I had given this again to somebody who's just reading the books, I'd been like, Oh, okay. New character yeah. works for the Nile. Great. <laughs> like, carry on like you don't but you don't feel talked down to you don't feel like you're yeah. being overly explained to and i think daniel did a really really good job with this so yeah. and also, for that. like you said with crash <coughs> race to crash from tower towers which is this middle grade book but it's a great book but it gives you some not only ram we have seen in there we got um lula mm -hmm. um so we have a little bit of what's going on we know that scene is this force sensitive non-jedi which i love and i wish oh, yeah. we get more of that in star wars not everyone that uses the force needs to be a jedi or a sith give us more of that so we you know those characters a little bit mm -hmm. that she has to hide her force powers because her people don't believe in the jedi because they had a big thing in the past mm -hmm. so even if you read that book not the comics you still have an idea but just let's start talking about diversity inclusion oh, and we have three great romantic relationships here all in different stages all through queer relationships. Mm -hmm. and the first is Lula and Sin, which is, again, younger people, Jedi and non-Jedi, trying to find what's this new feeling that mm -hmm. I'm feeling a lot of us have been there. Is this real? And from Sin's side, she knows that Lula wants to be this great Jedi. Am mm -hmm. I kind of taking that away from her? Did you love seeing all these different types of relationship kind of up there, up front? It's not in the background. It's not kind of, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, if you connect the dots. And then with this mm -hmm. Lulan scene ending, kind of with seeing, sending her this message, I need you, I love you, I'll find you. Because she's in Starlight, rest in peace, Starlight. But So with this first relationship, what were your thoughts on it throughout the whole book? I, I freaking love every single relationship that's in this yeah. book. Like, I'm like, I'm rooting for all of you, even with Wreath and everybody, I'm rooting <laughs> for you. But <clears throat> with these two in particular, again, because I wasn't fully aware mm -hmm. of the characters kind of as a whole, just seeing this relationship and the obvious like love and care that they have for each other, especially with Zine just going, I want what's best for Lula. Mm -hmm. Like I want her to achieve all her goals. And Lula's the same way. She's like, I just want Zine to like be the best that she can be, whether or not she is a Jedi. Like I just, yeah. I, I love her for who she is. Like as, as this force sensitive quote unquote regular person. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how to have a great word for it, but 
yeah, I really <clears throat> enjoyed seeing this relationship and that whole, I think it was a meditation scene yeah. where they could feel each other's thoughts mm -hmm. and stuff. I'm like, this is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever read in my life. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. on a Star Wars book. <laughs> yeah, it was just yeah. one of those things that, again, it didn't feel pushed on you. It didn't feel forced. It felt like a very natural extension of these two characters. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> you could just, and you were, you got so invested so quickly. Like again, with that message uh, yeah. with Starlight, you're just like, Oh my God, I hope this works. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take any more pain. No, it's, and again, I don't know. Cause I, that comic line is coming to an end or maybe just came to an end. So I don't know what's happening there. Cause yeah. that comic is ending with Starlight on fire. So there's spoilers mm -hmm. for Fallen Star, but at this point it's in the cover, you know, it's falling down. Mm -hmm. So Star yeah, falling down. Sorry, that was. <laughs> I'm sorry. A few weeks ago, we ran. We just jumped into an Evanescence cover band here, so it was fun. Um, but yeah, we don't know what's happening to Lula. But that, like, yeah, that scene of them just meditating, just looking at each other with their eyes closed, kind of feeling the same thing. Even when they're going after Cricks, they're on different side of the of this room, and they know when to. Okay, now we're gonna open the door, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not kind of push out there in terms of, yeah, this is, we're making it to female characters. Ha ha ha. No, it's feels so natural. Mm -hmm. And that's so, been, and that's been an MO of the high Republic since yeah. the get go. Like this mm -hmm. isn't something they're just throwing out there just to throw out there. These creators and authors have been very intentional in putting these relationships out there, setting up these relationships. So when mm -hmm. something does happen, like I, like when Zine says, I love you to Lula, like it's mm -hmm. not like just, out of the blue and you're just like where the hell did that come yeah. from like you can be happy about it but you're like where the hell did that come <laughs> from like this is one thing this again this is something you were like rooting for you wanted mm -hmm. to happen because you've been able to see that progression of that relationship throughout yeah. again whatever medium you've been mm -hmm. and i don't have it on my notes but just to finish with scene real quick one of one of her, my favorite scenes with her it's when she's talking to Craigs after they captured him and they're talking, oh, if you just kind of shut off your force powers, you can be normal. You can get away from this. And she's like, she has a whole sentence where it's like, I'm done hiding who I am for people like you. I'm just going to be myself. Which is just a, a great message to young kids out there. Just oh, got to be you. Especially again for LGBTQ and underrepresented people. Stop hiding who you are. You gotta be mm -hmm. yourself, and that's when you finally be free. So it's mm -hmm. again, yeah, it's Star Wars, blah blah blah. But there's but also, something more. Mm -hmm. There's there's always been something more. It's a good message for adults reading the book yeah. too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's good for everybody. Again, it's really important for that middle yeah. aged group that's gonna be reading this. So yeah, and then we get another one with another back and forth, which is Crash and. Savino, Savino, I don't know how you pronounce yeah, it. I was saying Savino as I was yeah. reading. I'm like, Savino I got, I got that. So we also had that, of course, Crash, kind of poor Reef, like we mentioned. He's like, oh, a girl? And that was Ram first. Oh, a girl is like, yeah, what What gave it away? Poor Reef. Hopefully it's nice <laughs> love somewhere. But then we have this other relationship. Again, they have this back and forth. We click, there. we don't click. Your job is this. I want to be closer, but you don't let people in in you just kind of keep them a little bit far apart and by the end it seems like it's going to work out that relationship is not explored as much but it's another mm -hmm. one that's out there which some people can kind of gravitate to it mm -hmm. uh so real quick your thoughts on crash this new character she runs this protection agency she's another kid she's a teenager mm -hmm. somehow mm -hmm. but a lot of the book, book kind of runs through her yeah um 
I think Crash lives up to her name. I think that is the <laughs> yeah. best name possible for a character. And I just loved her description. Like she's very like punk and like yeah. has the overalls. And I'm just like, yes, I like this. I, I liked her like the first time I read her mm -hmm. description. I'm like, okay, we're going to latch on here. But I think she is such, it, it's cool to see this, the high Republic perspective from kind of a quote unquote normal person yeah. as normal, as normal as a teenager running a bodyguard guild yeah. basically can be, but just her perspective on life, kind of the things that are happening both within Corellia and within like Starlight Beacon and the galaxy as a whole and kind of how it's affecting her world, yeah. I think is really nice. And I always like it when Star Wars does that, it takes the really wide perspective of the Jedi and really narrows it down mm -hmm. into maybe a couple of characters in this case, like with Reese and Ram, but also you get Crash, which I wasn't mm -hmm. expecting to get that much of her perspective, but I'm really glad we did because you did. You got like the under, like how Corellia's underworld works in this particular time, mm -hmm. which I'm like creepy worms. Didn't like them in Solo, still don't like them now. They just creep me out a little. Mm -hmm. But also just kind of how she deals with life, like just yeah. everyday normal life for her. So. so I love that this book takes place in Corellia because oh, it gave yeah. me all those Solo vibes. I love Solo. Mm -hmm. I love the vibes I got from it in Book of Boba Fett. There's a lot of Solo in that mm -hmm. series. And then I picked this book up and it's all in Corellia. So we have Corellian Hounds. We have the uh, the Coronet Spaceport. We got a shout out to Lady Proxima. She's here. <laughs> and the Grindalids, the worms. The Grindalids, yeah, that's uh, what they are. I was like, what are the, the creepy worms? The creepy worms, but they are very menacing in this book. Oh, yeah. They're only at the beginning a little and then at the end. But they mm -hmm. chop someone up in half. Poor trauma. Sorry that you killed my kid. I'm going to eat you up. But then Proxima's there. And like, yes, there we go. She's still alive all these years later, kind of growing, going up the ranks. But we see that on the world, like you said. And it's with Crash, like you just mentioned, this normal person that's not a Jedi, it's not a Sith, it doesn't have superpowers. And a lot of people say, just give us stories like those. There's regular people in the galaxy. Let's see those stories. And she's a big part of this book. So I'm glad that we got to see that through her and just her whole kind of arc. Because she lost her best friend at the beginning, still has to protect people that she doesn't want to protect, cannot then do this Nile masquerade, which I remember oh. this was kind of push out there. Oh, look at now in their nice black tie with their help, their mask on. We didn't know what was going to happen. And then we got that got that in this book. Were you surprised that that was the now masquerade? And did you enjoy, so say, again, Corellia, this planet of rich people in the core, not really caring about what happens there to the regular folk? Yeah, huh. let's fucking do this. What does yeah. that sound like? I know, right? Star Wars can't be political ever, right? This book has so many things. The oh. now infiltrating the police force. Oh, I wonder what that is. Hmm. Yeah. The same thing. Oh, yeah, that's... Probably that's we don't care that now in Corellia. No, no, just bring us those those Let's, outer ring Jedi to help us. We're busy here with this political dispute in the moon. We can't get to their level. I wonder why. Let's do the dumbest thing possible and wear Nile masks when we know Nile are around. Yeah. I I got very like I'm gonna mispronounce this word horribly. I'm sorry, <laughs> pardon my literal French bourgeoisie vibes from it, like very mm -hmm. French revolution, like yeah. let them eat cake, let everybody else mm -hmm. suffer. And I was just, I like when 
like I think it was it was from Reef's perspective, I think, when they walked in that room because they were dressed as yeah. those like ancient bodyguards that don't say anything. <laughs> oh like, yeah, those with that red skulls. Yeah, like the whole like that whole like long dead assassin guild. <laughs> and they walked in and you just read the line, everyone was wearing Nihil masks, and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. You're like, this yeah. is such a horrible idea. Backpedal, go, 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 go. Yeah. But yeah, again, it was one of those things where you're like, yeah. You make the argument Star Wars isn't political. Have you? Are, are you paid attention? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, so. Daniel went full on on this. Oh, yeah. He's like, it. yeah. Here's right a, yeah, screw it. So, our friend Buck is here. Buck, the winner of our Rogue One solo trigger challenge. He still has 150 pages to go. We might spoil a little bit for you, but yeah, yeah it is a great book. It ramps uh, up like super hard, like straight vertical right at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So let's talk before we kind of start closing a few things from the end is Cantum Sai, which a lot of it is from his perspective, this non-binary character, I guess, or goes by they, them, mm -hmm. and telling Comac because Comac, if you follow his trajectory from um into the dark, has always had this weird relationship with the order and when it, where he fits there right now with the way that Jedi are doing things, which I love everything about it. So he's questioning his place on it. And he thinks that Jedi have to be either more aggressive than they're being, we're just always in the defensive. We gotta go, go, go. And he's getting extremely angry. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about all and going way seeking and Cantam then goes, well, I did this at some, at one point. Like surprise. Yoda let, and he's like, what, Yoda let you go? Yeah. And I love that relationship between Cantam and Yoda talking mm -hmm. about, um, Ah, uh, what do you say? Those attachments, letting go, what it actually means. Yeah, how it's difficult. not like it's not shutting yourself down, which we see with yeah. Ram. Like we we see almost a like not a physical, but we see a manifestation of both of those sides in Wreath and Ram. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so I wrote here because he says some Jedi thought that it meant suppressing emotions, talking about non-attachment, mm -hmm. forsaking love, bearing any discomfort, and for Cantam it was the opposite. He couldn't master emotions, emotions or let emotions master control you. He trusted the force and he knew that Lula was in trouble, but he had to let her go and not possess her. I trust that you're going to, I trust in the force. I trust in her. I'm going to let her go. And then he tells Cormac, well, I went on a way seeking. There was a point I went to Yoda said, because he hasn't been knighted yet, thinking why and Yoda being the great master, I, I, take your time. There's a mm -hmm. reason you haven't been knighted. Mm -hmm. You gotta find yourself, and, you, and he gives you his lightsaber and just goes. Mm -hmm. And then he falls in love with this trapeze artist, I love Atar, that. Atar. and mm -hmm. we get this great relationship again. Yes, it's same sex relationship. Sorry if you feel uncomfortable with that. If you want to imagine that, some just in terms of relationship, one of the best relationships we've seen in Star Wars of how passionate it is, how real it feels. And then he follows him for I don't know how long, just through mm -hmm. all the planets and things. And then it comes to a point that it ends, which some mm -hmm. relationship happens. And then Cantam is still not ready to go back to Jedi. He keeps doing some of these weird jobs until he feels the call of the Force again. And then that's how he saves mm -hmm. Lula and becomes his, her master. Cantam mm -hmm. Sai, Atar, tell me your thoughts about this relationship when you started reading it, everything about it. I 
Oh, I th again, I thought it was so beautiful. Like with Lula and Zine, I didn't, no. I don't really know a whole lot about Cantum outside of just kind of what I've read a little bit more. And a shout out to uh, our friend Hope, who writes mm -hmm. probably one of the best High Republic fanfics I've ever read. That's where I get most of my information. Yeah. And I have to like still separate out what's canon and what's fic. <laughs> but it's given me a, a really good appreciation for that character as a whole because yeah. she gets it right. And you, I mean, you see that throughout Midnight Horizon. You're like, oh yeah, this feels like the exact same character. But I just, I love the fact that they were so honest with themselves. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. that nothing really felt forced. I think maybe near the end of that relationship, it was kind of a little bit of a kind of cling on where it's like, I'm a little afraid to take that next step. Yeah. But I know this is the right thing to do. And... I don't know. I just, I really like that. I like the honest and raw emotion that like Cantum has like towards the Jedi order. We, we see this with all of them, like with, with Comac, we see it with Cantum. We see the Jedi struggling with attachments and we yeah. know again, many, many thousands, <laughs> a thousand years into the future, atta an attachment is what is going to basically cause the fall of the yeah. Jedi order. And we see, and I, again, I'm going to kind of veer off from Cantum a little bit and go into the Yoda Cantum yeah. relationship. I liked seeing the side of Yoda. Yoda has not really ever been a favorite, like a great favorite of mine. Like I think he's great, mm -hmm. but the fact that like, especially again with the perspective of the prequels, like, oh, like fear he leads to hate, hate leads to anger, da 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 da. da. But reading that sentence about attachment, like this is not, this is what it is. This is not what we think it is. This mm -hmm. is not what we've interpreted it as. I'm like, what? what happened it makes you yeah. wonder like what happened was it cantum was it anakin was it just a whole stack on of all of these attachments and relationships that caused you to comp almost completely change your tune almost a thousand years later like what like what caused this because that is so beautiful like you can love something but let it go again yeah. that sounds like a motivational poster i'm so sorry <laughs> right there yeah it's but, i think that's something that by the end of phase three by the end of the high republic it's what made the jedi go from what it is now in the high republic to i think it's 150 or 200 years to uh, when we meet them in the phantom menace very what? dogmatic very political yes because yoda and i'm kind of trying to remember exactly what he said but it's kind of of course we have to learn to let go and mm -hmm. attachment every time I have a new Padawan, I have to learn to let them go and become their own thing. Mm -hmm. How difficult it was for me to let you talking to Canton just go out there and find yourself hoping that maybe you will come back. And mm -hmm. then he's like, oh, why did I come back? Because the force, and uh, it's in you. You always were going to come back. It was part of the general force or whatever. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happened, not just mm -hmm. in Yoda, but in the whole order to make this change. Mm -hmm. And I also just finished you know, with Canton talking with Aitor, I think Aitor is telling him, oh, I can't make you, don't leave the force for me or because of me. And he's saying, I'm not leaving it for you, I'm doing this for me. Which mm -hmm. another one kind of similar a little bit to Obi-Wan and Satine when Obi-Wan kind of puts it on her a little bit. Oh, if you had told me to leave, I would have left. Mm -hmm. And here it's like, if I leave, it's not for you, I'm doing it for myself. Mm -hmm. Again, taking that ownership, similar to seeing kind of saying, I'm mm -hmm. done being someone else. So exactly. I love that whole thing with Cantan, a character that I've only seen with people posting on Twitter because I haven't read him in the read them in the comics. Mm -hmm. It was a great character, a great relationship. His relationship with Comac trying to balance him out was great. And then just to finish off a little bit with Yoda and then jumping into Comac because I love him so much. And unfortunately, he's 
gone. Uh, he's still alive. He's out there. I know. I'm losing all my favorites. Orla Yaren is dead. My, oh, no. Oh, um, yeah. But Yoda, there was always throughout the book mentions of Yoda. Yoda, where's Yoda? He went on this mm -hmm. mission. No one knows. So I'm like, what's going on with Yoda? So, so many people kind of thinking about him. And then, of course, he shows up, saves the day, comes up with a stranger just wrapped in bandages or something. Reminded me of, I forget her name from the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yep, I completely yeah, spaced it too. She was my favorite one in that book, in yep. that trilogy. But she's all wrapped in bandages. Can mm -hmm. she be alive at this point? But anyway, we don't know who this stranger is, I don't mm -hmm. think. But mm -hmm. saves the day and then kind of ends saying, oh, we're all going back to Coruscant because to forge our path to the future, guided by the secrets of the past, we will be. Mm -hmm. With, oh, now I know what we have to go 250 years into the past for phase two. Yoda's going to be a big part of that, obviously. Mm -hmm. So what what happened back then has to do with the leveler, I guess. Because if you've read the uh, the Eye of the Storm comic books, mm -hmm. there's only two, which I did read those. There's a thing with uh, Martian Rose family. They had these creatures. The Jedi didn't like it. Tried to exterminate all of them. And that's why he's doing this. So it's, are we going to see his family and what happened with his family and the Jedi back then? It's going to be something. Mm -hmm. It was great seeing Yoda and great seeing that quote. Um, before you tell me your thoughts on that quote, let's see what Buck is saying. Kantan's weakness isn't the same as Anakin's. Same as Kanan's weakness isn't the same. He could be attached and it wouldn't corrupt him. That's another great, another great point. Not just because you have attachments, you might be corrupted. Another great thing about the High Republic, and this is from the first book I read, which was, oh, I, can, I forgot the name, uh, A Test of Courage. Mm. When Bernestrat is telling Skier, oh, Imri went to the dark. Did we lose him? And Skier is like, it's not that one thing. Falling to the dark side is a choice I have to make over and over and over mm. again. Come on, it's just it's there. It's great. Anakin, unfortunately, went Made too a many times. Mm -hmm. But your thoughts on that, or what do you expect, I guess, that why are we going to the past? Oh, I'm thinking now is that Anastasia song to the <laughs> past. Sorry, everything could be a song if you try hard enough. Mm -hmm. it's Yeah, I actually had that quote in my notes as well because I'm like, yeah. okay, like, and I haven't really read, been able to read the uh, mm -hmm. was it the Eye of the Storm? Is that what you said? The those yeah. that particular comic run talking about the leveler. So that kind of introduction to me is, yeah. I think. It's going to get weird. It's going to get dark. It's going to be all alien and creepy. Oh, nice. And I am here for it. I'm like getting like massive predator vibes from oh. the leveler. And I'm mm -hmm. like, just make it creepy. Cause those were the scariest scenes in Fallen Star where you're like, oh my God, it's cold. You feel gray. Yeah. You're like, run, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. oh, I'm man. interested to find out the history of kind of like what we're going to see in the past of. The High Republic, mm -hmm. I guess you can still call it, yeah. and see how it's going to inform what we've already seen, but also where we're going in Phase Three, wh where we're going to end, essentially. Mm -hmm. sure. so. Yeah, I'm not ready for it. No, but yeah, this is why we know why we learned that we have to go to the past. But if you want to learn a little bit more about the Leveler, which is also known as the Nameless, which is even creepier, oh. so that two comic arc of um, the Early Storm. First, the mm -hmm. second, the first issue kind of tells you the path of Martian, but then the second one tells you it's him going to find the leveler in this planet and talks a little bit about that. Okay. And also, also from Daniel Jose, oh, there's a five issue, is five or four? This, uh, I forgot the name, is 
Misery Noir that he just did. Mm -hmm. um, it's the one with the creepy, creepy song. Yeah. Shara, kara, kara. See, we can all sing. We can all keep going. <laughs> yes, musical number. <laughs> but then by the end, if final, I think like two books or two comics kind of touch on the on the level a lot, and we see see it from Starlight. So pick those up if you want, or you can find them on Twitter. I'm sure someone just posted. Oh, I'm sure. But anyway, Comac. I just want to end on Comac real quick because, like I say, it's one of my favorite characters. I already lost Orla Jareni. So Orla, Comac, and Vanessa are my three favorite Jedi from the High Republic. Mm -hmm. I lost Orla already. Rest oh. in peace. I'm so sad. My and girl. Com yeah, Comac is just feeling her. I need to go save her again. That attachment and Kanta had to hold, hold, hold him back. She's out there. We need you here. By the time you get there, and she's already gone. Mm -hmm. So I love that Comac's last act as a Jedi was night in Reed. Something oh that God, Reed wasn't sure if he was ready. He wanted to stay on Coruscant, then went to Starlight. That's where he thought everything was gonna be, surrounded by all his friends. He goes through hell in this book, but Comac knights him. And the knighting mm -hmm. ceremony is great with him, Cantam, and Yoda. Through the Will of the Force or whatever, Rise, Jedi Knight, or Knight of the Jedi, something like that, cuts his, Sprayed, hands him his lightsaber, and just goes off. Breaks my heart. I Second know. time that a book ends with a lightsaber being given to someone. It was freaking heartbreaking in <laughs> Fallen Star. But oh again, I, yeah, I know. I'm sorry to bring those that back. It's okay. We're all good. We're all emotionally <laughs> damaged from these books. We're fine. Yeah. But then we see what I think is the first of the Lost 20. These 20 Jedi Masters that felt disillusioned with the Order and left it. Either mm -hmm. left the Order completely or became a Sith like Count Dooku. But this is the first time, I think, at least chronologically, that we've seen someone kind of become one of these lost 20. Mm -hmm. Wasn't expecting it. No. Completely thrown by surprise. I thought he might go away seeking or something. But he had been disillusioned with the Order for years. So not completely surprised, but surprised when it happened. But mm -hmm. I love so much that his last act was Night in Rift. Mm -hmm. Broke my heart. And now my second favorite Jedi is gone. But Don't he's still alive. He's alive. Maybe he won't come <laughs> back. Because he said, I'm done. I'm not taking a break. I'm not going away seeking. I'm done. I'm done. I'm leaving. Yeah. He's out there. Maybe he comes back as a smuggler or something. There you go. Don't do anything to, for to Vernestra because then I'm really gonna be in depression. But your thoughts on this final scene and then kind of your overall thoughts on phase one, I, I guess, as we start closing up. Mm -hmm. No, I I I really like Comac as a character. I I loved kind of because we were introduced to him initially in Into the Dark, if I'm correct, because that's when yeah. we also met pretty much Orla and everything yeah. you and you do kind of see that conflict of like well this really bad thing happened like when they were Padawans and then X Y and Z and it just kind of spiraled and you see everything that happened with Rising Storm, Fallen Star mm -hmm. and you have you just and it's just so interesting to me because you have this character who for all intents and purposes is very it, him and Wreath were almost too much the same in this mm -hmm. book and I mean that in a really good way. Like they both were very, they both dealt kind of with their trauma in this in similar, but a little different ways. Like, like we said, Reeves just like buried himself in work. It was just mm -hmm. like, just move on, carry on, do what you need to do. And Comax 
was just to kind of lash out and be very emotional yeah. about everything. And I think both are very valid considering what both of them have gone through. But with Comac, it just it felt very raw and very real because you've ne we haven't really seen and one of the adult Jedi really react in this kind of way, um, and really kind of push the question on of like, why am I here? What am yeah. I doing? Because for all intents and purposes, the Jedi in this era are pretty damn cool. Like they're not perfect, but they're pretty mm -hmm. damn cool. And you just, but you have this perspective of somebody like Comac who has served the order like very much by the book for years and years. And now he's like, I, I can't do this anymore. Like I, his world has just essentially been upended with uh, Starlight and mm -hmm. just, just all of the trauma that's been compacted upon him, like losing friends, watching the Nile start taking over. Like it makes sense that he has this reaction. Yeah. Like we need to do something about this, but you still see what what kind of man he could he was maybe before we met him as a character when mm -hmm. he's like I'm gonna night wreath like he he knows he's ready it's that leap of faith that he has mm -hmm. in this young man that he probably hasn't known for more than a year ish yeah and he's like no you're ready like you've got this you're gonna be a better Jedi than I could ever be yeah and I think that just speaks so much into his character yeah I love that whole relationship from since into the dark and why i fell in love with comac and all and into the dark is they went through this whole thing in aram which is this planet that then we see in the fun star that aram and aroth conflict or something when he i mean coma loses his master and mm -hmm. has to just leave her there just covered by sand he couldn't even mourn her and he's like what the hell is this oh attachments you can oh we gotta keep going it's like no my master just died i grew mm -hmm. up with her the only family basically that I had and through my formative years and now she's dead, I can't do anything about it. And that's when mm -hmm. it starts. And when they lose this right then in the mm -hmm. Amaxine station, oh, a young man dies unmourned. And it's like, what the hell is this order? And of course, mm -hmm. with Orla, the force telling her something different from what the order was saying, if I follow the force and acted on instinct instead of what the order says, I would have saved both of them. Mm -hmm. I just love the whole trajectory. And by the end of Into the Dark, Reef had lost his master. And he says, okay, I need you. Because this ride and goes, hi, doggy. <laughs> this ride and cannot goes, I got to go do this barrage vow. I lost my connection to the force. I got to find it. Orla is doing way seeking. And Comac is, I still believe in the order. Mm -hmm. But I got to find my place. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I need you to help me with this, Reef. So he takes on this new Padawan that needs a master and hopes that Reef kind of brings that good feeling the force in the order, I should say. Kind of like fills a void for him almost, yeah, I think. Exactly. Even if he wouldn't admit that to himself. Yeah. But then, like you said, this past year, Reef has surpassed him as a lightsaber in lightsaber combat. He's a great Jedi. So he kind of, I did what, he, what I needed to do with him. Mm -hmm. But I think it was the loss of Orla that just through him because that mm -hmm. affected him very much. Because mm -hmm. throughout this book, as we see through Cantam, it's, Comic is getting more aggressive and a lot of anger is building up. And Ola was kind of that anchor that he could always kind of mm -hmm. attach himself to. And when he felt her pass through the force, it's like, I have no one else. Mm -hmm. The only person probably that understood where I was going is gone. Mm -hmm. And I think the order is just going down the wrong path. And I have nowhere to kind of now channel this. 
So I think that was the, the last push from this past 20 years, because I think that conflict in Iran was like 20 years before in Into the Dark. Mm-hmm. So it's not a one little step that did this for him. It's been years and decades in the making. So I hate to see him go, oh, yeah. but I love to start seeing this fallen Jedi and start acting on this. Yeah, there's something wrong with the Jedi Order. I guess I can't fix it from inside. Mm-hmm. I can't be part of this anymore because the way they're doing things doesn't vibe with me. So I love seeing that, oh, yeah. but I hate But you I hate it. My man. Yeah, but yeah. it was great because Daniel did a great job with characters that he didn't introduce. He had to kind of push along. Mm-hmm. So I love what he did with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, go pick up this book. It's a great Star Wars book in general. Great uh, High Republic book and a great closer to phase one of the High Republic. Phase two, Quest of the Jedi starts in October. It's coming. It's coming. It's far off, but we need a little break. There's a lot of more Star Wars books coming. We talked about Padawan last week. It's going to be Anakin and no Padawan. It's Padawan, I think, is just Kenobi and Qui Gon. Kenobi goes and Brotherhood is Brotherhood is Kenobi and Anakin. Mm-hmm. Kenobi's everywhere, and then we have Secrets of the Sith or Shadows of the Sith. I always get it mixed up. Luke, um, Ochi, and Lando are gonna be there, and uh, Asash Ventures is gonna be in Brotherhood. Gotta gotta get that Asash and Kenobi sass. And I gotta yeah. say real quick, because Buck said Trail of Shadows is a comic from yes. the Neo there that touches on another great mystery noir mm-hmm. thriller out there. So yeah, it feels far away. October feels far away. This time and age, day and age, we don't know. Time is irrelevant. <laughs> it really is. All right. So Hannah, lovely to have you here again, finally, for a full show. We'll do it again soon. Uh, where can people find you? Anything you're working on at the moment? absolutely thank you so much for having me on i had such a great time i'm so glad we got to do this so thank you so much for having me back on welcome and if anybody has any thoughts that they would like to share with me you can find me on twitter and instagram at beskar underscore kyber 15 it should be right down here in this little handle thingy (laughs) and i am also part of followers of the force a star wars podcast i unfortunately have not been able to be on as often as i'd like recently just due to life and conflicts but i'm trying to get back in the swing of things (laughs) but i'm always down for a good conversation about books star wars and just any other general geekiness you want to throw my way so yeah so make sure you're following hannah over there a great follow on Twitter and Instagram and on her podcast. So thank you, Hannah, again for being here. Thanks to all our friends in the chat, Buck, Roberto, Lauren, Norhal, um, Dale, everyone else. If I meet someone, uh, miss someone, sorry. But thank you, everyone, in the chat. And for myself, you guys know, at Radio Rebel Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my website. Just write Radio Rebellion Podcast. You'll find all my reviews there podcast podcast episodes and everything uh we're taking a short break next week it's my wedding anniversary that weekend so i'm gonna be off we'll be back the week after with our friend connor from the nerd academy we're gonna be talking about our favorite jedi that's gonna be fun i still don't know who my favorite jedi is so i got a few weeks to <laughs> figure that out Some time to think about this yeah i know uh <laughs> then probably gonna be off for two weeks my wife's birthday and then take a week off and then we're coming with our 99th episode, which I don't know what we're going to talk about. And then our 100th episode, 
episode, which is going to be the end of season four of Radio Rebellion. Probably a whole panel talking about phase one of the High Republic. We'll see how that goes. So for Hannah, for everyone in the chat, as always, stay safe, be safe, and may the force be with you. And find my exit. Here we go. See you later.